from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives right here in sunny Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and Dream Team is in studio today. So if it's Thursday, Michelle and Dion want to hear from you. 844-942-942. Seven eight six six. I don't know why they're laughing at me. I didn't forget the number this week. I it sounded it. like it. I know. I. I. But I didn't. It's just an awkward pause. <laughs> Somebody call us. Join the fun. We have so much fun here on Career Talk, Sirius XM at live noon Eastern, all hours. So you can call us for the next literally fifty six minutes. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Hey, we have a fantastic topic today. Do you want to feel more empowered in your work? Do you want to have unlimited earning potential and the freedom of a schedule that allows you to do anything you want? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it's time for you to start a side hustle. So today we're going to talk about all types of side hustles that you can do with a full-time job or maybe you can create into your full-time job. And to help us with that topic today, we welcome Ilana Varan, who is an award-winning editor and writer with more than 20 years experience covering technology, innovation, environmental sustainability, and public policy. She's the former executive editor of CIO Magazine and her new book, The Ultimate Side Hustle Book, 450 Money-Making Ideas for the Gig Economy, was published in December and is a wealth of information for anyone looking to supplement their income or even start a new role altogether. Welcome to Career Talk, Alana. Thank you, Don. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited you're here because I've read this book. This is definitely the most comprehensive book I have read. You have you've done an amazing job of putting together over 450 ideas for side hustles, including what kind of training or equipment you'll need, if any, um, how much you can expect to make in these different roles, and even where to find leads. So there's so many options in this book, and I want to talk today about what people need to consider if they're thinking about a side hustle, maybe what some of the, I have, I have a list of the dark side of side hustles that I want to talk about as well. But, but let's just kick off with, you know, what is a side hustle? And we hear all these terms, Alana, about gig economy and portfolio careers. And like, let's break this down so we, we have a common definition. So I went about defining side hustles really broadly for this book, because while so many people and probably a lot of people in the audience today are dreaming about starting their own business. A lot of the and a lot of the books about side hustles and blogs and articles are really geared toward entrepreneurs. That's not what everybody wants. Some people just want to work a few extra hours a week, make a little extra money, maybe monetize a hobby. And so I wanted to define it really comprehensively and include pretty much any kind of job you can do part-time. Yeah, and I think your book does that because, I mean, I'm flipping through and there's things that I hadn't even thought of in the book. And I I think even if in these 450, you don't find the one for you. I mean, it gives you so many other ideas about what you could be doing because, because, you know, a lot of people think when they're looking for even a, a, a full-time job or a part-time job that I have to go online and see what's out there. But the cool thing about your book is that you talk about how you can create some of these things on your own, which is something I love because I I, I really – love telling people, you don't have to wait to be selected. You don't have to wait for somebody to choose you. You can create this on your own. And I love your book because it gives both sides of that coin. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM channel 132. We are here with Alana Varon, who is the former executive editor of CIO Magazine and the author of the new book, The Ultimate Side Hustle Book. 450 money-making ideas for the gig economy. So, Alana, a lot of people think Uber, Lyft, and, you know, some of these things when 
when they're thinking about side hustles. And as we mentioned, your book is ridiculously comprehensive in the different types. So, um, and I love something you put in the acknowledgments because I want to pull that out here because I think it, it kind of goes along with what we were just talking about. And you say that a piece of career advice that you've gotten is your career opportunities involve some luck and you say they don't. Um, can you say more about this? Because I, I love that that attitude that you you approach work with. That it's not luck. It's it's more than it's more than that. Yeah. So so there's there's a certain amount of luck in you know who you meet when you go to school and you know and what you decide to get interested in. But um, but a lot of a lot of our opportunities sort of come from within the things that we are good at and the things that we gravitate toward doing. And some of those can be unexpected. For example, you may be the person in your office who does the best presentations and everybody comes to you for advice to polish their PowerPoints or to rehearse with you and get pointers for for delivery. And you could turn that into a side hustle and be a presentation consultant. Yeah, one of my favorite sayings is luck is what happens when preparation meets networking. And, you know, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of taking a spin on Seneca's popular saying there. But but here's the deal. I think it is. It, uh, you do create your own luck. You do create your own path by the people you meet, by the opportunities that that you say yes to, by the experiences that you dive into, even when you're you're afraid or scared or you don't have the right experience. And I think a lot of people who look at at individuals who are successful in something don't realize that that they're consistently every day doing something to work towards that goal. It's not that they woke up one day and boom, it happened. And so the reason I think this is important, because you and I talked about somebody had asked you if your book was a side hustle. And, and what's your response to that? So I wrote it on the side. I have my own editorial consulting business. I do some freelance writing and ghostwriting and editing. And a lot of my work is for companies. I used to be a journalist, but I, uh, I got out of that business a few years ago. And um, the, opportunity for, you know, the opportunity for this book came along, and so I made the time to do it because it was a topic that really interested me. I have been wanting to delve into you know, the, the gig economy more and the side hustle idea really interests me. So, um, you know, and I've, def- you know, and in the book, I've defined side hustles as something that makes you money. It's a job, uh, it's work. And so, you know, if a lot of people buy my book, then I'll make some money from it. Uh, so, so I decided to jump into that and do it. Well, and a lot of, and, and that's the key definer there, if it's something that makes money. And I think that, um, you know, in cer- certain cases, you have to do some things for free before you're able to make money, which is why I like your book, because you have ideas across the spectrum. You have ideas where you can literally start making money tomorrow, and then you have things that require some training and skills. So it's like you really can look at your book and find something for everybody. It's called The Ultimate Side Hustle, and we're here with Alana Varon, 844-942-7866. We're talking about the side hustles that you might be interested in. So I have to I have to ask, um, because I did a little preparation for this show, and I went back through some of my previous side hustles that I really enjoyed. And one of the things maybe people don't know about me is that I was working full-time uh, at Arthur Anderson, and I had a side hustle as a blackjack dealer um, for – for parties, so not like not like Vegas style, but like you know, for those parties, casino night, and that was a wildly fun thing to do. And I can do it when I want, and you know, I got I got paid well to do it. Met a lot of interesting people, and what I realized about doing the side hustle, aside from the money piece, Alana, was that. That you really broaden your knowledge and experience. You build new circles of networks. You you get um, to learn new skills. I mean, they trained me how to do this. You open up your mind to different things. You put yourself in different environments. So so even though I was never going to make a career out of this, it was it was incredibly fun. Obviously, a way to make money, but but it was so much more than that. But I have to ask, Dion, do you have a side hustle? Did you have a side hustle that you love? <laughs> I mean, I guess the music is kind of a side hustle. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, 
Kinda. Kinda. So there's that. Yeah. Because I'm here every day and then I do that on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So that, a, that's kind of a side hustle. You put a lot of time into that. Yeah. That, that's why I'm, I'm if you on calling it a side hustle. Yeah. Because it like takes it's a just, lot of work. It's just a central <laughs> hustle. It is. It is like your second full-time job. Double regular hustle. Yeah. I like it. Double regular hustle. That's the next book. Michelle? You have one that you you have or you enjoyed at one point? I don't have one now, and I don't have one that I ever enjoyed. <laughs> oh, no. I did have one. I, I was just telling someone about this the other day. I did, when I was still trying to uh, do music full-time, I did promo modeling, which really means that you take products and you show people how to use them. So I did have one really fun one, which was the Wii. So when the Wii was just coming out, I was in my early 20s, and uh, I was teaching people how to play video games on a stage at these big events, and that was fun. That sounds fun. That was fun. You meet a lot of people. You meet a lot of people. Get some interesting people. Get some free products. Yes, sometimes. Yeah. I so mean, there was that. I, I Here's the thing. like Even if, if you're, you're not looking for extra money, I think some of these things can be just really enjoyable and add to your enjoyment. I I was a certified personal trainer again on the side. And the reason I loved doing that was because I, I, it it forced me to work out. I I got free gym membership. I had just five clients. So it wasn't, it wasn't very, um, very much, but it forced me to get to the gym and get my workouts in and get free gym membership. And it's like, wow, this is something that, that really works. And this is what I want to encourage listeners to think about. What is something that maybe you enjoy and could put some more money in your pocket, but even more so, build your skills, introduce you to new circles, get you out there in different environments where you're meeting different people. Because the fact is, people make the world go round, and the more you're out there in these different environments, especially if you hate networking and you think, oh, I don't want to go to these big events and all this, if you do a side hustle, I met so many people at the gym when working that I would not have met in other areas of my life that I'm still in touch with. It is just, it's an incredible opportunity. So even if you're not looking to make that extra money, maybe there's some other benefits you can get from the side hustle. 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're listening and you've had a fun side hustle or something you've enjoyed, or maybe even something that, that came with more benefits than just a side paycheck, but something that you didn't expect, we want to hear from you on Career Talk, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We are here today with Alana Veron, who is the author of the new book, The Ultimate Side Hustle Book. So let's talk about, Alana, how do you, how do you get started? How do you, there's so many ideas in your book that, that how do you even pick one? Well, I think the first thing to do is, as you've been saying, think about things that you enjoy doing and that you know how to do and that you're good at, but maybe are not central to the current job that you're doing. And, 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 start, and start there because those are the kinds of jobs that you are not going to feel are a chore to do after you've worked your 40 or 50 hours a week at your main job. And you're, you know, and so you're going to have some energy for it and you're going to be motivated because you're interested in it. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it's important to you to understand how much time you want to put into it. So like Dion, you were talking about your side hustle is basically an additional full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, doing the, the blackjack dealing is like, I, it was a weekend thing, Fridays and Saturday nights, and I could choose how often or, or I wanted to do it or if I was not available, which worked because I had a job where I traveled. So I think that's something you need to think about too. If you're, if you're building a business, for example, you may not be able to dip your toe in and, and dip back out. But if you, you don't have that kind of time, maybe you want to find something where you can do it either seasonally or when you have the time to do it and when you want to do it. 844-942-7866. We're talking all about side hustles and the benefits. And later we're going to talk about the dark side of the side hustle because, you know, with the good comes the bad. So, we need to think about how much time we have. I think, you know, obviously there's a lot, Alana, in technology, if you're tech savvy, that you can do as a side hustle that could be very lucrative. But I think no matter what you do, there is going to be a tech aspect of it today, either in, in how you track the money or how you accept money or how you, you communicate with clients. So how important is technology to side hustles? 
Well, there are a lot of, as you said, a lot of jobs that are available to do that are virtual jobs, um, not just coding, which is one kind of job that you know can earn you a, a good hourly rate, but even things like being a virtual assistant, uh, you can do tutoring online. Uh, you can do through, you know, through through Skype or some some video conferencing. So uh, so some computer savviness is is important to do. Another uh, another technology aspect of the modern side hustle, let's say, is your social media savvy. So a lot of people still find work through their family and friends, but that extended network that you have on social media, whether it's through your LinkedIn groups or or on Facebook or some um, online neighborhood group where if you're offering handyman services, you have a, a ready group of potential customers. Um, you want to know how to use those kinds of tools. And then there are the online platforms like TaskRabbit and you know, the Uber and Lyft for ride sharing and some of the more professional sites like Catalan where you can actually find work by joining these platforms and bidding on jobs, or um, you know, or putting your uh, putting your uh, your profile out there for people to you know to in, to offer you jobs, and you know, not a ton of people are you you know, overall are using those platforms right now, but it's good to know how they work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to tag on to that because you mentioned a few TaskRabbit. There's also Thumbtap. I mean, obviously eBay and Catalant, you mentioned it's, it's gocatalant.com. And that's more for, for professional opportunities. And it's uh, go C-A-T-A-L-A-N-T. There's Gig Salad if you're looking for event planning and entertainment. There's Nextdoor, which is an app that has to do with your community. So if you're looking to do work in your community, you can you can get that app and advertise there. So I think there's a lot of different places. And this is kind of one of the dark side things though, that people need to understand is that some of these platforms will take a portion of the cut either from you or from the client. And so you need to kind of figure that out. And, you know, also, some of them have a, a limit on to how many jobs you can turn down. So I think Going into this with your eyes open and saying, do I want to join a community like TaskRabbit or do I want to hang up my own shingle to avoid some of those things that, that maybe don't fit with what I'm looking to do is a smart thing. So don't just go in blindly. Research. Think about what's going to work best for you and look at all of the different options. 844-942-7866. We're talking about side hustles and everything you need to know and think about. So we did get a tweet from Rip City Jeff. I know it's Rip City. I know it's not Rest You're in welcome. peace. I know Dion corrected me. I thought it was a Halloween reference, and I got very excited for a minute. But, but no, Rip City Jeff. I know. I know what that's about now. So, does it cost money to write a book? And we could do a whole series on this, but I'm going to let Alana answer because um, I'm I'm still in therapy about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the short answer is yes, and the reason that I say that is that. It costs you your time, and if you are going to be spending the hours and hours and hours, because writing a book is a lot of work. Years. You're going Years. to be spending that time, <laughs> then you're not going to be doing something else. You're, you're not going to be doing another side hustle. Um, maybe if you are self-employed, you are not going to be taking on that extra client. So, you know, so... so you may not have expenses when you know for writing your book. It kind of depends on the kind of book you're writing, but you will have a cost in terms of the time that you're spending and not being able to earn money during that time. Yeah, so you're giving up your time, um, social life, friends, family. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just <laughs> not really. But um, and here's the thing: I would say. Jeff, um, 
It depends on, on as Alana said, how you're going to publish. I mean, you could do an online book and, and, and do that fairly easily. It gets it gets expensive when you start to get editors involved, when you start to have graphics. You know, you might have to pay to get those graphics designed. It gets expensive when you're using quotes. So, for example, I had to pay Sony Entertainment to use seven words from a movie um, to get that licensing. So there's a lot of these little things that add up, um, you know, depending if you go with a publisher or you go on your own, get a cover design. And so I would say that that more often than not, you're putting more money into that book than you're going to be earning, depending, of course, how, how it's sold, um, if you have an agent, if you have a publisher and they're taking a cut. So if you're thinking about writing a book, I think it's worth exploring you know, do I want to do it digitally? Do I want to imprint? If I want to imprint, do I want to go with a publisher? Do I want to self-publish? And looking at kind of how all of those costs break, break down and knowing that if you're going to use comics or pictures, you might have to pay for licensing and and things of that nature. And of course, if you're self-publishing, you're going to have to pay for the printing. So there's a lot of things involved. And I would say to answer your question, yes, it costs money to to write and publish a book. So go into it with your eyes open. I, I, I Alana, you can disagree with me, but I, I do not think that writing a book to make money is a good idea. However, if you write a book and that gets you speaking engagements or it gets you um, you know other things that that lead to money, that's probably a better way to go. What, what are your thoughts, Alana? I would agree with that. And I think for a lot of professionals who have expertise that they want to share in a book, if they spend the time to write it, it becomes a marketing tool. So so that's why a lot of people today will write an ebook and they'll put it on their they'll put it on their business site and they might sell it or they might not. They might distribute it to their clients, but it it becomes a marketing tool and you can account for it in your business as a marketing expense. If you just want to write a book about some other thing that you're interested in, yeah, you know, great, go for it. Um, you know, but think about, you know, whether you are really going to be able to make money at it. I did include writing books um, and a couple of different versions of, of that kind of work in the side hustle book because it's not impossible to make money as an author, but you want to put it into the right context for you. Yeah, and you also brought up another good point, Alana, about the the marketing budget. I think a lot of people, and I did this. I got so focused on on publishing the book and the publish date that I didn't realize how much money <laughs> that I needed to spend marketing it. Whether or not you get PR, I mean, there's there's ads and and everything to get it on social media in a way that gets out there. So, I mean, I think you have to kind of put that into you know, your costs too. And plus, if you're self-publishing, shipping costs. There's so many things that, that I didn't know before I went through this process that I've learned now. But if hey, we have other authors listening who want to weigh in on this and um, share, I think this is something that a lot of people have thought about doing, writing a book, and, and knowing all these details can help you pick the right path for you. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Alana Veron, who is an award-winning editor and writer and author of The New book, The Ultimate Side Hustle book, 450 money-making ideas for the gig economy. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, we're taking your calls all hour long at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So if you have a fun side hustle or you're looking for a side hustle idea and you want us to help you, we would love to hear from you at 844-942-7866. Or you could do with Rip City Jeff did and Use Twitter at Dr. Don Graham, and we will we will get your question answered on air. Okay, so we've talked about we've talked about all of these different things in terms of maybe some websites you can go to, or maybe you you want to kind of hang your own shingle. Um, and that's the other thing. There's a lot of free ways to make a, a, your own website today that that people maybe don't know about. You could use Wix. There's Weebly. There's so many so many free or very low-cost software out there to do this, Alana. And it's actually so easy to do. If you can use Word or PowerPoint, you can pretty much create your own website. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Uh, I had some, as as a magazine editor, I had some exposure to, you know, to creating websites and posting on websites, 
you know, when when I was an editor, but I had never created one my, from from scratch before I started my own business. And I just went to WordPress and you know picked a template and started setting up my website and my blog and posting things and. Um, and it was pretty easy and, and intuitive, and that's obviously not the only site. You mentioned several others that uh, ha- also have very good tools for, for people to learn easily how to create their own sites and, and uh, make their own posts. And some of the – with the templates that these sites have, the, uh, the design work is mostly taken out of it. So you can design something that looks good even if you don't have those skills yourself. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible now how you can do that. And, you know, one of the things you write about in your book is that where most people find their freelance work is the majority is through family and friends. So so we're back to networking. And, and so I think this is a really key point to talk about because um, – you know, a lot of a lot of business for people who are, you know, it doesn't really even matter what your side hustle is, is coming from the people you know. So it's important to market to the people who are in your own circles and to be able to clearly state what value you add and and get the word out. Because I think this is true in just about every business that you're going to get the majority of that work either from people you already know or from clients that you've had that were happy with your work. So how can people maximize that, Alana? So one of the things that helps is having a social media presence. So there are only so many people you can reach by calling them on the phone or running into them in the grocery store and handing out business cards. So depending on the kind of business you have, making sure that your LinkedIn profile is clear about the kind of work you're available to do or creating a Facebook page that's focused on your side hustle business um, or, an, you know, or an ad that you might create on, on Nextdoor. So you can start to reach people and you can promote yourself. So you know, one thing I see, I belong to in my community, a, a local Facebook group, and one thing that I see all the time is people asking for recommendations for all kinds of things. Somebody posted the other day looking for a graphic designer to help them with their website, and somebody else was looking for a portrait photographer. So, you know, so I always try to, I don't do either of those things myself, but I if I know if I see a recommendation and I know someone who does that work, I will recommend them. And if somebody is looking for something that I can do, then I can recommend myself. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. We're talking all about side hustles and how to earn more money on the side. But not only that, like there are just some very cool things that that side hustles can offer you. For example, if you do concessions in a stadium or a concert hall, you get free access to performances, whether it's sports or concerts or anything like that. I mean, that's a very cool benefit. Maybe you do estate sales. My aunt used to do this. And so she would go help with estate sales and she got first dibs on on all of the, the you know, cool products there. And it was just, you know, she, she loved doing that. I like in your book, you have psychology study test subject, um, which you know, universities are always, always looking for, and it can be very interesting to learn about these things. There's just so many ways that you can get involved, either for money, for interest, for both. And that's what we're talking about all day on Career Talk, 844-942-7866. But now we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz? There's a quiz? Only two vegetables are capable of reproducing on their own. All other vegetables need to be replanted every year. Dion, I don't know why I think you're going to get this. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> Do you think, all right, you have to know, well, you can know one or both. Okay, okay, oh, I can work with that. I know, yeah, one will, will suffice. Only two vegetables are capable of reproducing on their own. If you think you know, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132, and we will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk 
on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, if you missed the pre-break quiz, here it is one more time. Only two vegetables are capable of reproducing on their own. All other vegetables need to be replanted every year. If you think you know one or both, you can give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We are here today talking about side hustles with Alana Veron, who is an award-winning editor and writer and author of the new book, The Ultimate Side Hustle, 450 Money-Making Ideas for the Gig Economy. Hey, Alana, how can people reach you after the show? Uh, you can reach me via my author page on Facebook, Alana Veron Author. Or on my website, uh, which is uh, kachituitmedia.com, and I can spell that. I think you okay. might have to. <laughs> okay, it's C-O-C-H-I-T-U-A-T-E media, M-E-D-I-A.com. Fantastic. Fantastic. And where can they get your book, The Ultimate Side Hustle? It is available on Amazon, on barnesandnoble.com, and in many, many bookstores, including the brick-and-mortar Barnes & Noble stores. Fantastic. So we are talking all about side hustles, and I want to talk a little bit about the dark side of side hustles. And hey, if you have a side hustle story, or maybe you have an embarrassing side hustle story like Michelle told me over the break, which... (laughs) I'm not sure why she didn't share it with all of you. I don't know. Wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) Do you want me to share it? I do. (laughs) Listeners want to know, Michelle. Well, I was telling you because I said that side hustle that I uh, mentioned was very embarrassing. And you, you were like, no, it's not. What are you talking about? And I said, well, I was really bad at it. Which is the embarrassing part. Yeah, that was the embarrassing part and you failed to one, mention. <laughs> one of the things that I did it for was um, g- the brand Grey Goose. Uh, and so they would like, you know, you'd go and you'd have to serve. And I never did any kind of waitressing or anything like that. So I was always terrible at carrying cocktails on a tray. And so pretty much every event, I was the one dropping a tray of cocktails, mm-hmm. uh, including once where I went into the pool at the middle of this uh, very high-end party. So <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. So it is why you've changed your profession. It is, yes. <laughs> I fell with a tray of cookies once. Like, I mean, it's just like it was nonstop. It was pretty much everybody just knew I was going to be the one falling at some point. All right. Well, now that Michelle has shared her her embarrassing side hustle story, we want to hear yours. I feel like I deserve it. People (laughs) need to share. (laughs) You need to share with Michelle. (laughs) Quid pro quo, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So so as we talk about the dark side of the side hustle, which was not what I was, not not you, Michelle, but that was a good intro to this. Um, There are a couple of things I think you have to think about before you move into the side hustle. And you know, one is, Alana, a conflict of interest with your primary role. So, you know, can you speak a little bit about this and how people can avoid there being a conflict of interest? So if you are old enough, you probably remember uh, the term moonlighting, uh, which was used to re- which was used to refer to side hustle. But, you know, it has this furtive kind of connotation to it because, you know, we're doing it in the dark, right? Um, Don't want your boss to know that you have another job. And while it is the case that companies are a lot more open and employees feel like in a lot of cases that they can be a lot more open about jobs that they're doing on the side, nobody, nobody wants their employees to be using company equipment to do their side hustle, to be doing their side hustle, obviously, on company time. You know, your lunch hour is one thing. Um, so, you know, so you have to be aware of that. And if you are in a role like 
you're doing software development or something like that and you are developing an app on the side, then you know you really want to make sure that what you're doing is not in conflict with what your job is and you know and one thing you you sh- might want to do is look at your HR policies and find out what their what the conflict of interest rules are for your company and just make sure that you are not going to get into trouble for get fired yeah you don't want to get fired you're doing and, and get <laughs> fired because you don't want to get fired from your main job for your second job yeah and I've heard of people Alana who who were like using their sick days to do their side hustle and that's kind of a you know fine line because I mean you know it's technically unethical but is it is it going to get you fired it could but it could yeah and so I think you really have to think about um, how you're approaching this and, and the impact it's having on your day job. Maybe if you want to move into the side hustle full time and, you, you know, that's different. But it's, it's something I think you have to think about. Another thing is liability insurance and, and kind of protecting your assets. I mean, when I was a certified personal trainer, I chose to do it with the gym because even though I got paid wildly less per client because the gym took a cut, I was protected through their liability insurance, which when you're doing something like that, I think is uber important because, you know, you don't want a client to get hurt and then lose everything you have because of of the situation. So I think it's important. So what do people need to think about regardless of their type of side hustle? I think anytime you work with people or in an environment where there are people, you got to be thinking about this. Yes. And the place, one place to start is to be aware of the law. So, one example would be if you are, you know, if you want to start a business baking cookies because people love your cookies, then you will probably have to, you know, you probably, there are some places where you may have to make your products in a commercial kitchen. Uh, The laws vary from state to state uh, in terms of what you are allowed to sell out of your own kitchen. And then there are all kinds of regulations about um, having pets and having, you know, training for, you know, clean food handling. So those are things to be aware of. There are some kinds of jobs where you really have to be licensed to do them. And so so being aware of what the laws and regulations are for doing that kind of work in your jurisdiction is important. And then you want to protect yourself with insurance so that you are not going to lose your house if you make a mistake, um, and that, and there are some jobs where you know where you're, whether it's you know as you mentioned, personal training or uh, taking care, you know, or taking care of, of um, pregnant women, being a doula, where you you know where you need to make sure that you're protected and that um, you're also properly trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might want to consider getting, you know, creating an LLC, separating those businesses, which can be helpful. So I do think it's something to to seriously think about at the very start, not after you get clients, because you just never know. And then I think another dark side is the ambiguity. So the ambiguity of there's not a roadmap to address everything. You're going to learn as you go. The ambiguity of fluctuating compensation and how to deal with that. The ambiguity of what if you get an influx of clients and you don't have time for it? Or what if you get no clients and how do you deal with that? Or, you know, so I think there is a lot of unknowns in this, which can be really scary for people. So how can how can they navigate this, Alana? So that's where understanding your financial goals is important. So if you have an idea of how much money you either need to make or would like to make, that is going to help you know how much you have to work. Um, and so then if you are going to get, you know, if that influx of clients comes in and you have met your goal, then you can say, no, I'm sorry, you know, schedule is full. I'd be happy to, you know, work with you some other time mm-hmm. you know, in a month or something like that. And, you know, and that may you know, and depending on the, the business that you're in, you know, that person may then have to go somewhere else and you'll lose that sale or you'll lose that, that project. But 
you, you know, but you can't overextend yourself because that's going to bleed into other areas of your life and, you know, and make it harder for you to succeed at all those other things. Yeah, which so. is why I think one of the most helpful things um, in, in any business is actually building a network of people who do similar work or actually the same work. And I know a lot of people originally think, well, that's, you know, it's my competition. And But I think it's wildly helpful because one, you help one another, you help grow the actual field that you're you're targeting. And when you can't take something, you can be referrals for one another. And, and, and to me, that's great for the customer. That's great for the business. That's great for the industry or field that you're targeting to have this, this group. And sometimes you're not the right person for the customer. When I used to do career coaching, um, I would say, you know, this is not a good match because you need this or, you know, and, and I had those referrals. And I think that ultimately had clients refer people to me or even come back to me later when it was a good fit because they they trusted that. So I think that that's one of the, the important things you can do when you're starting. Get to know people who are doing it as well and and connect and be referral systems and help one another out. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Hey, do you have an idea for a side hustler? Maybe you've done one and like Michelle, just it just didn't work out because you were dropping things and being a mess. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> but you're so lovable. So Thanks. it all worked out. 844-942-7866. We should probably answer our pre-break quiz. All right. Here it is. Only two vegetables are capable of reproducing on their own. All other vegetables need to be replanted every year. And I'm just going to go to Stuart because he's been very patient on the phone. Stuart in California. Welcome to Career Talk. What's your answer? Hey, so uh, my answer was going to be potatoes and garlic. Those are the two that always grow in my refrigerator. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) If they're there for a long time. Yeah, that might be mold. It may not be an actual potato. Stu's busy working on a side hustle. That is a side hustle. I have have my garden in my refrigerator. Um, So it's funny because... I, I knew I knew you were on the phone, Stuart, and I, I'm actually frantically searching the internet because you actually may be right. That's, of course, neither of my answers. Um, but that does not mean it's not right, as you know with the pre-break quiz. And so I, I, did, I did find – first off, I wasn't sure that potatoes are actually a vegetable, but they are. They're a nightshade vegetable. But they're often not categorized as a vegetable because of all the starch. But but they are. They're a vegetable. And those little tubers that fall off of them can reproduce. But usually they're replanted. So so you're not technically wrong. Um, <laughs> Sounds like you're talking to me. <laughs> yeah, no. You're not technically wrong, but I, I think I'm I'm just I'm more disturbed about the fact that you have things growing in your refrigerator. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like Stu redeemed me. Yeah, the sprouts. That's what, yeah, those tuber things. That's the, yeah, so. They're called tubers? Is that what they're called? I'm I'm looking at it right now online (laughs) because I I had to research this, Stuart, because I didn't want to just give you the, the, eh, because you're not technically wrong. Um, I'll take it. Yeah, so so we can give them a ding, just, you know. Tubers. Yeah, tubers. Yeah, anyway, I've learned something new, Stuart, so thank you for forcing me out of my my comfort zone to learn that. That exciting fact about potatoes and garlic. Didn't know that one either. Um, thank you for giving us a call, Stuart. 844-942-7866. But I think, I think Dion actually has a right answer, too. Nope. Nope. So um, I actually thought garlic was a good answer. I thought so, too. Um, it was, apparently it was wrong, though. Um, I'm going to say onion. Hmm. Because it it again if it's in if it if it's in Stewart's fridge it grows a little thing out when it when it gets old. So I want to see Stewart's fridge. <laughs> I do I too. I do too. Like the <laughs> alien, just Stuart, these alien so, potatoes. Stewart, like can you please project. take a picture of the inside of your fridge <laughs> and your alien tweet potato? it at Dr. Don Graham because we're curious minds want to to know. <laughs> um, all right, so no, it's not an onion. <clears throat> but here's why I thought you would get it right because you've actually said this vegetable on air before what i know it's random <laughs> when was i talking about it was about probably vegetables? like three years ago it was but i remember you know my memory's not that great i know i just i just thought you might get it right michelle now i have all this pressure to get the right one because <laughs> Dion, i have an extra hint 
Maybe he didn't say it. Maybe I said it. <laughs> you said it. If it's what I'm thinking, it's more you said it. That I you might have said, said it. it. Asparagus. Yes. You said it. All right. Well, one of us said it, Dion. <laughs> we just, like, you know, the three of us share a brain on this show. So oh, I yes. Just, <laughs> it's a group mind. It is. Asparagus and rhubarb. Okay, rhubarb, I didn't think anybody was going to get. Because no. I, I was going to say rutabaga. Oh, that was, yeah. That was my second answer. Those, those are potato-like. I, I don't really know what that looks like, it looks but like I've, I've heard it I was like, are you saying Winnebago? What is going on? <laughs> Rutabaga. Rutabaga. I've, I've never eaten one, but I've seen one. And I, Rhubarb. Rhubarb is technically a um, vegetable, but a lot of people put it in pie. I like it. It's pink. And it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's pink. It's pink. Pink and delicious. It really is a pretty <laughs> vegetable. I'm not kidding, you guys. Okay, well, you should this know is this. Michelle. Then. Yeah, you should know this, Michelle, then. <laughs> Only the stalks of the rhubarb plant can be eaten safely. The leaves, whether cooked or raw, contain toxins that are poisonous. So so stick I think to I the knew that. stick to the pink part. That's all you, I like. Yeah. That's just the pink part. <laughs> awesome. 844 Wharton 844-942-7866. If you have another vegetable that you want to to talk way more about than anybody ever should, you can give us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we are here talking about the ultimate side hustle book, and our guest today is Alana Varan, and we're talking about the dark side of side hustles right now. So I think another dark side, Alana, is asking for money. I think a lot of people get uncomfortable when when pricing or asking for money. So how can people be confident in especially when when friends and family are referring, which we talked about earlier, is one of the key ways that you get business. I mean, it's easy to want to give a discount, or you know, and then all of a sudden you're you're actually spending more money than you're making. So, how can people get get around this? So, one thing to do is do your research. I tried to include some baseline pay rates for all of the side hustles that I mentioned in the book, and. I found out a lot of that information uh, from online sources. So if you go to uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics has a very comprehensive list of jobs and you can get some insight there into how much uh, how much people earn for those jobs. And you can look in the classifieds and sometimes pay rates are posted there and lots of different sources where you can can find out what other people are are making for doing this kind of work. And so so that can help you think about, you know, what you might charge especially if you're doing a professional job or you other some other kind of work on the side that people also do full time as as their as their main jobs. If you are doing some kind of a creative job you're you know you're knitting hats or you're you're selling painted portraits or your photography or something like that then you should start with how much does it cost you to make the item and so at least you're going to cover your expenses and then see you know how much more you can charge for something handmade and sometimes you can charge a lot for that because it, people value handmade products, and if you're good at your craft, then people might be willing to pay a lot for it, um, to, especially if it's you know something that's very involved. So you know, so so that's another another approach, and and then like value your time. You know, think about you know how much time you're spending, and you know what what that is going, what you think that's worth, um, and. You can look around at your at the market where you're living and you know and see you know you're there's going to be some trial and error there, but you can see how much other people charge and see what you have to offer versus what other people are offering and you know and just adjust it's not really a science um you know there's a little bit of an you know or a lot of an art to it depending on on what you're pricing. Yeah, I think um, it's a that- psychological thing too, Alana, because I think, um, you know, people 
you know, it kind of goes around self-worth. Like if I'm doing something, what is my self-worth? And, you know, am I really as good as I think? And, and so this this idea can kind of really play with how we, we price things. And one of the best things I heard somebody say around this is, you know, it, you know, in coaching anyway, it was like you're not paying me for an hour of my time. You're paying me for the 12 years I spent in school getting certifications, reading, blogging, and all of this stuff. You're paying for all of that expertise in that one hour. Hour, and that's why it's priced like it was. And I was like, wow, that is that is a great way to look at it. And I also think the other thing with money is some side hustles are have co- startup costs. And I see a lot of people run out and do all of the exciting things like get business cards and, you know, get stationery and do all of, you know, pay somebody to build a logo and do all this stuff. Before they've really done a lot of work on the market, how much they might make, how many customers there are, what the competition is. And so they've invested, you know, a few thousand dollars on all of the, the kind of fun, exciting stuff, getting their brand. And, and then they realize that, wow, there's not the customer base I thought, or it's taking a lot more time to do this than, than the money I'm earning. And so I think another thing that's super important is especially if your side hustle has startup costs involved you know hold off on the, the business cards and the logo do you really need that at first you know actually get some clients do some do some pro bono or low cost work to kind of test it out or pilot it before you start investing that money and and then see if it's actually worth it or people get bored or it's not what they thought it was going to be and then they're left with 250 business cards that they're never going to use and so so it is exciting to do those things, but make sure it's something that is really going to make sense for you. So I think that's kind of another another aspect of of the dark side. And then, you know, of course, figuring out if it's something you want to to take as your main job or something that you want to keep as a side hustle or something that you want to continue doing at all. I mean, I think that's the beauty of side hustles is that there's that level of flexibility that that you could do. So as as we wrap up. Alana, what is what is your advice to people who may be toying with this idea of of starting a side hustle? It's easier than it's ever been before to try things. Uh, you can sign up. You, know, you can sign up on one of those platforms, or you can just sort of hang your virtual shingle out on social media, and you know, and offer a service and see if people want to hire you for that or you can you know spend some time making you know making things you know if you already have a craft or hobby that you that you like you could you know just try taking it to a local craft show or try you know try sell you know try to see if your you know people in your neighborhood are are interested in in buying your things and then you can build up from there or you know, decide, no, this isn't going to work and try something else. Yeah, I think I think that is a great way to end this show is that it is easier than ever now to try things, to to use social media and other free platforms to test out ideas. And, and, you know, most things in life that are new are trial and error. I mean, nobody's born being an expert in something. They, they trip up, they fail, they try something, it doesn't work out, they regroup and they do it again. And I think that is that is the ultimate side hustle advice if you're thinking about it. Hey, try it. See how it goes. Get feedback from from your customers, your family, friends, and, you know, regroup and do it again if if you need to do that. So anyway, thank you so much, Alana, for coming on the show. We really had a fun time talking about side hustles. And if you want to get Alana's book, The Ultimate Side Hustle Book, you can find it on Amazon and other fine booksellers. Michelle and Dion, it is always fun to be here with you every Thursday. And of course, to all of our callers and listeners, we are here for you live every Thursday at noon Eastern. But we also replay the show every day at various times and post it on iTunes and Google Play. So if you can't get enough of career talk there are ways to listen to you at 24 7 hey thanks and uh, we will see you next time